This episode of the Big Data Beard podcast was recorded at SplunkConf 2018 in Orlando, Florida. Enjoy the show. Hi, this is Doug Bear with Splunk. I've got to tell you, the Big Data Beard podcast, with a name like that, how could you not listen? You are now listening to the Big Data Beard. This is our podcast where we explore the trends, technology, and talented people making big data a big deal. Well, Doug Merritt, thank you so much for being on the show. We thank appreciate you, you stopping by. So, Very excited to be here. I, I want to give you an opportunity because I, I, I attended the keynote this morning, had a great time seeing a lot of the announcements. What was the, what's the thing that you're most excited about at this year's Spunk Off? Uh, I'm most excited about the totality of what we're doing. I know it's yeah. it's going to be a, a cop-out answer, but we've been working for three years on this vision on delivering a data fabric. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Splunk Index is unbelievable. It's magical. It's yeah. unique in what it does, but this world of data is is chaotic and crazy. Absolutely. And there are data, there are is stranded data sitting everywhere. Mm-hmm. There is streaming data flowing everywhere. And our job, if we want to make all of you guys successful on the other end, yeah. is to make sure that no matter where the data lives, no matter what format it's in, yeah. knowing that's going to constantly change, yep. that we're able to help you bring, help get get access to it and understand it, mm-hmm. and then lower the bar on what it takes to actually manipulate it and yeah. be productive with it. And then not just give you the aha moments, which are great, and we love those, but help you take automated, uh, both collaborative and orchestrated action against that. And there's uh, the richest lineup I think we've had in the history of Splunk with 20 different product announcements at this conf to help bring that to life. Yeah, it's brilliant. I thought I agree. The totality of it, the, the breadth of offerings is kind of interesting. And one of the things that I noticed about it is that it, what Splunk is doing is, is so very topically interesting in the sense of I see a lot of baking in of this idea of augmented reality and virtual reality and and I think the maybe the most interesting interesting one to me is this this idea of machine learning and artificial intelligence so I see that woven in but I'm curious I'd love your perspective on AI in the enterprise today like what do you think is the current state of AI really in the enterprise uh, I, I think AI is non-existent in the enterprise today <laughs> um, but at some point it will be I think machine learning yeah. has got some traction but mm-hmm. it's really in pockets and yeah. I look at it, it, while I, the engineering and IT organizations may have some degree of mo- movement in that in different orgs, mm-hmm. if you go into the average HR organization or finance organization, even marketing has been really overwhelmed with data for 10, 15 years with the web. Yeah. The amount of true data science expertise that they have hired and computer science expertise yeah. and the ability to actually put anything to work for business benefit, I think we're, st- we're like not even in the first inning. We're, in, yeah. we're, we're talking about the baseball game before the first pitch. <laughs> has gone out. Really? Um, and, and I think there, there's two core reasons with that. One, algorithm creation is not easy. Right. And so what can you do to lower the bar and bring different representations and more digestible um, nuggets that would represent the latest thinking and statistics and algorithms to people that can understand the concept but may not know the underlying math or algo itself. Right. And two, data is just tricky. And while you could have really interesting ideas on what you want to do algorithmically without a data set to operate against it, there's, there's no there there. That's, yeah. you need the, the two combined and making it easy for people to find that data 
and then understand the different dimensions of that data, knowing that it's so volatile in nature, and then form up the data set so you can eventually apply your different tests against it. Mm-hmm. It's just it's a ton of work. It is, and, uh, and our job at Splunk is to make both those much easier. Yeah. Um, obviously, starting with that data piece that we grew up from, but yeah. I think we're doing some really cool stuff on the ML side to make that easier and more approachable for non-data scientists, given that we all are going to have to be experts at yeah. helping get two more predictive outcomes. And that means we're going to, by nature, feel like data scientists and machine learning AI guys, but uh, even if we're not. Yeah. So it's, it's interesting, though, because I think there's, there's two sides of this coin in this conversation around AI. And, and one of the ones that actually prompted this conversation was you, you, you had said something on Twitter about how, you know, humans in the loop were so important to make yes. sure that we are, you know, we're not allowing AI to do bad things. There's a lot of fear mongering going on. There's a AI. lot. Do you think it's well founded? I think humans get nervous to change. Yeah. And uh, and when you're nervous to change, then getting regressive or protective is a natural orientation. There's always truth in the, the concern around change. Mm-hmm. But what we've seen through every wave, even though the, the Industrial Revolution was highly disruptive, mm-hmm. here we are in 2018, and generally in most countries, you've got sub-6%, 7% unemployment rates, yeah. despite the fact that less than 6 7% of the population is involved in agriculture, yeah. whereas 150 years ago, it was 90 to 95 so in the long wave, it's not usually that that uh, uh, it, the fear was unfounded. Mm-hmm. But in the short run, it, it, it's a little bit more founded. When I go back and think about the uh, all the excitement on AI around chess and Go, yeah, um, and <laughs> you know, the classic deep blue uh, defeating uh, who was the um, the top oh, Russian sorry. chess uh, player, uh, uh, Kaepernick, K- Kapersky, Kapersky, yeah, defeating Kapersky in what I think the late nineties, and they, they yeah. did the the experiments in. In the early two, like 2005, 2010, where they had full AI-based uh, co- competitors versus yeah. man and computer com- competition, right. and the man and and AI worked much better than computers on their own. And uh, so, I, I think we're in a world where you will always, where we will benefit by as humans by the power that AI and computing can bring to us and we will be necessary in the loop <laughs> to help get the right outcomes. Yeah. So Doug, as we move into this first inning, uh, what do you see are some of those really near-term impacts of AI? So I, I think for Splunk, we've been lucky enough to be born, and luck is such an important ingredient in business, to be born in the digital landscape. Everyone's talking about digital transformation, how mm-hmm. exciting it's going to be. Yeah. IT is digital. It's by nature. It's digital. (laughs) And cybersecurity by nature is digital. And we were lucky enough to have our offering be targeted to the IT operations folks and then Mm -hmm. migrate across IT, DevOps, and security. Um, And to really get the power of AI, I think you need a lot. Effective signal, effective noise that Mm -hmm. you can draw signal from, which means massive amounts of data. Uh, And so what we're seeing, and you saw hopefully in the demos this morning, is that with the volume of data that we're getting both within an enterprise and increasingly across enterprise Mm -hmm. with a lot of the architectural movements that we're making within Splunk, um, AI can be practically, ML and AI AI can be practically applied and effectively applied to different problems. Um, and while that demo was a, a nice, cute representation of a potential future memory uh, shortage problem that we're going to have in, in our uh, compute landscape, mm-hmm. um, it actually, that was a year in development, uh, both within the IT 
uh, SI team, IT mm-hmm. operations team, and then across a bunch of different customers. So we could continue to iterate on algos, data sets, outcomes, right. and see what was going to work or not. Um, so I think on that on that ground level of lots and lots of available data, lots of iterations, lots of outcome testing, we're seeing some real traction. And I think we'll just, you know, we talked about being in front of the first pitch. Yeah. So many of these landscapes still have huge manual patches on their yeah. journey on digital transformation. So I think that what we'll see across the logistics landscape, the manufacturing landscape, um, and the, in the services landscapes of HR, finance, marketing, et cetera, is going to be uh, really, really surprising for folks and really exciting over the next five five or so years. Yeah, it's it, it's funny because I agree uh, 100% that it's the ability for organizations to adopt AI machine learning <clears throat> is accelerated greatly when they partner with companies like Splunk who can already have the data, right? And it's already there. And one of the things I've noticed, one, Splunk is growing rapidly. This is a, It's an incredible ride you guys are on. We're, we're trying. Yeah. We're trying our best every but, day. But one of the things that, that, that surprises me every time I'm here, every time I'm kind of this, this renewed thing is your culture has continued to scale with you. And as the leader of an organization this size now, the, this kind of growth, what are you doing to create to keep such an awesome and interesting culture alive? Uh, yeah, luck is an important ingredient. <laughs> and I was lucky enough to, to join a company that had such great culture as a foundation. Yeah. Uh, and one of the things I love about Splunk is th- the nature of what we do and then what our culture is reinforce each other. We, are, we were born as a great question-asking tool, mm-hmm. a curiosity-oriented tool. Yeah. Um, and I think what drives high growth um, is a growth and learning mindset. Yeah. Uh, my leadership principles are all around relentless learning, active listening, uh, aggressive experimentation, embracing failure. But but all that, you know, failure is not really a failure. A failure is right. just a step towards an eventual success. Yeah. Um, and so everything that we're trying to do culturally, and it's you know, it it changes in micro uh, elements because every new person you add slightly changes the culture, mm-hmm. and every person that leaves, you know, slightly changes the culture. And some way. Um, but I think we are really thoughtful on who we add. Yeah. Um, yeah, we, for better or worse, we tend to go through 15 to 20 interviews for the, wow. for the typical ad. And when I first got here, I looked at the God, that's so inefficient. We've got to get better. Yeah. And then over like six, nine months, like, you know what? This is a great screen on both sides. We clearly are invest enough of our, we care enough mm-hmm. that we're going to spend that, yeah, hours and hours with Absolutely. you, Corey, if you're an interviewee and yeah. test their side of, are you excited enough to come on board? Yeah. Do you believe in what we're doing enough? Yeah. Um, um, but then I think outside of that, making sure that every element of the culture reinforces that uh, we want as much experimentation and curiosity and risk taking mm-hmm. as possible within the the medium and small risk areas. <laughs> if, if it's a massive yeah. risk, then let's all work <laughs> together and make sure that we're not going to risk the entire business. But right. Yeah. And as a byproduct, there's a lot of great stories that come out and a lot of our our customers, your customers have some great stories. You talk to a lot of them. What's one of your favorite that, that you're hearing right now? Ah, geez. Well, yeah, I, but because if all of us are what have we heard lately type, uh-huh. most of us are. Yeah. I certainly am. Um, I love the Carnival story that we Absolutely. went through today. Uh, both Carnival and their competitor, Royal Caribbean, have been customers for, for a while. And I've always, you always hear snippets of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but getting to sit down and talk to Arnold Donald, their CEO, for an hour last night um, and all the prep leading up to it, I just never thought of a ship as being nearly as complex as it is. It, I don't know why it didn't dawn on me that it is got every single facility that a major city would have. But it's all under one roof Mm -hmm. and it's a little bit isolated. It's hard to to get help when you're out of sea. Um, So the 
what Carnival, Carnival is doing and tying together thousands of different data streams across every yeah. use case you could think of from energy production all the way through to entertain, entertainment, restaurant management, management and casino um, is, a, is a really cool growing story that I think over the next uh, 24, 48 months, we're going to see some truly unique services delivered to their customers, yeah. um, given that they view their competitive landscape as anyone that's involved in leisure and travel, not just people that are going to a cruise. Yeah, really, really interesting trends that they're adopting. I, I agreed. I never thought of cruise line that, that way. So one of the things that always excites me and you know, is when companies use their power for good, right? They, they adopt and they do things that are good for the rest of the world, that, that are clearly signs that, hey, we're going to use some of this profitability and growth to affect quality change in people's lives, not only their employees, but the world around them. And you guys launched this Splunk for Good campaign. And I'm curious what... What's going on with Splunk for Good these days, and, and how is that impacting the world to make it a better place? Yeah, I think going back to your culture question, there's yeah. a, a chunk of the culture, which is we're so purpose-driven. Yeah. And um, I think certainly in the you know, 2018 timeframe, having a purpose, we all want to feel like there's meaning in what we do. Absolutely. Uh, and Splunk for Good, again, has been, has been part of Splunk for probably six years. Okay. Um, we definitely ramped up the volume on it three years ago mm-hmm. um, and give it a significantly more funding. But it was based on the belief that every major problem in front of us at the core is a data problem. Mm-hmm. Uncoding every disease is a data problem. Yeah. Trying to fight pollution is a data problem. Trying to fight the f- hunger issue. Yeah. Optimizing energy production. All those come back to how do you manipulate data to help get, at it, get that answer. And there's so much that we can help with mm-hmm. given that in the not-for-profit world, we we all are dealing with the skills issue, going back to sure. what does it take to become an effective machine learning guru. Um, and in a not-for-profit world, it can be even slightly more difficult sometimes to attract. Sometimes not because people are purpose-driven. But mm-hmm. um, So ramping up what the, that, that capability was based on both how do we really engineer um, intersex relationships and, and purpose within the company. Mm-hmm. You know, If you love to go out on a pub crawl, great. There's yeah. a group for that. If you want to go stuff backpacks, you really care about education for youth, yeah. there's groups for that as well. That's good. Um, but the, how do you help close the gap for those incredibly important and impactful organizations to get the power from data yeah. that big organizations with hundreds of engineers can get as well? Um, and uh, Lenny Stein uh, and Corey, are, they're both on top of Splunk for Good, have just done a really nice job of uh, establishing a, a four core pillars. Mm-hmm around uh, everything from disaster relief to education and work uh, capability. How do we put people to work and, and, and ensure employment so that we can center our activities in Splunk for Good yeah. um, and make sure that we're extending the capability to as many organizations as possible and extending as many Splunkers as possible uh, into the different causes they care about. Excellent. Well, Doug, it's been awesome to catch up with you. I, we obviously are big fans of Splunk. We've been to a bunch of comps. It's exciting to hang out with you. i got to ask though one question like, is there one last thing that if we like, if we have to see this week, what is the coolest thing we should see either on the floor or a session? What's the coolest thing we're going to see? So uh, I'm I'm really excited about tomorrow, and okay. I'm I'm a platform guy and yeah. a data guy. So yeah, uh, intellectually, I'm so excited about what we did today. Yeah. But tomorrow is all about how do we lower the bar of usage with Splunk? Okay. And what what you'll see around the IoT format and how we bring the power of pattern understanding mm-hmm. and action delivery yeah. to business 
people that would never even know what SPL stands for, right. have never coded a day in their life, I think is going to surprise the heck out of a lot of different people. And awesome. um, I think as much excitement as we had today, people are going to walk out even more uh, inspired and yeah. amazed tomorrow. Well, very cool. Well, Doug, thanks for joining us on the Big Data Beard Podcast. Thank here you, Corey. Thank you, Fred. All right. Thanks. Pleasure to be thanks here. so much. Thanks for listening to the Big Data Beard Podcast. It would also be pretty cool if you reviewed us in your favorite podcast app. It really does help. Thanks for listening. 